Ricardo. All right, everyone, welcome to a brand new edition of the Swift Kicks podcast. As always, we're going to ask that you like, share, and subscribe this podcast before we get started. But let's start with the Premier League returning to action following a March international break. Chelsea seeing their 14-game unbeaten run under Tommy Two Chains coming to an end, opening the door for the Champions League wide open. Liverpool on the up again after an excellent three-goal victory at Arsenal. They looked pretty uh, lame without any of their young stars. Spurs throwing away yet another lead after conceding a late equal to Newcastle I still don't have any hope and Mason Greenwood Ben he's now coming into form after his winner for Man United 19 year old looking sharp there but Steve I want to bring you in right away you've got some big news coming from Celtic what's going on international break was it two three months felt like it didn't it yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) but over uh over in Celtic Eddie Howe I would say is is all but confirmed as the next appointment appointment uh in the hot seat at Celtic which given all the names that we've heard so far from Rafa to 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 Roy Keane to Thierry Henry Eddie Howe is the one I think that would give people the most hope and it looks like on socials that that is in fact the case everyone seems to be pretty uh unanimously enthusiastic about it which is a promising sign knowing that so many people I think we're considering the status of their season ticket purchases for the next season. And the, the club really needed to do something to win back over the fans or even to win current players over to maybe make them stay just a little bit longer. And I think that the, well, I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, but it does seem like he is coming to paradise. Is he the Messiah? <laughs> Eddie Howe. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, how is he going to do it? Eddie, he's gonna. Eddie, he's gonna do it. I got no faith in him whatsoever. Zero I, faith. I'm just gonna base this strictly off of looks. He looks like he doesn't have a clue. His name's literally How. Am I gonna do this? So you know the the roosters will come to crow. Whatever the saying you were trying to say there is, Steve. I think Celtic are in for a couple, rough couple of years while they transition from manager to manager. I will share though. You know John Barnes got his start out at Celtic as a coach yeah. and he had a pretty yeah. successful career. I think he got fired from there. Yeah. I don't think he looks back on his time at Celtic in terms of success very well, but he, he'll say in the media and in interviews that uh, it was a good experience for him, which of course it was. It was paradise, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You guys have any shot at uh, reclaiming your, uh, your title, uh, the Scottish cup title. Uh, I, that's what I wanted to touch on as well is that the, uh, so it was funny, uh, Chris Sutton, who ex-Celtic player, but he's a pundit now. Mm-hmm. Um, he took he was on Twitter, and uh, Rangers obviously has has won the tie four uh, 0 but uh, Rangers played uh, Cove Rangers uh, in the Scottish FA Cup third round, <laughs> and Chris Sutton was like, and who, the winner the winner of that game was going to be playing Celtic next. Yeah, and Chris Sutton was already on on uh, when it was announced that Rangers were playing Cove. Uh, Chris Sutton had went on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, so Celtic will be playing Cove Rangers next? Are you just just play, just <laughs> playing into the the shit houseery on Twitter, which I absolutely loved." But yeah. uh, Rangers did win it four nil. Uh, so the next tie, I, I don't know if the fixture itself, like the date, has been announced, but it will be Celtic versus Rangers, and Celtic is defending the Scottish Cup title. So there is something still to play for uh, for the season. Um, we'll see what John Kennedy does or Eddie Howe. I don't know how quickly they would plan on making that appointment. If it's a summer thing, if it's a now thing, you'd think that they want to give him the most time possible. 
Um, it looks like Eddie Howe is already planning on bringing, there's even rumors of who he's bringing in already. Like Stephen <laughs> Cook from the Bournemouth side, wow. um, who was at 29. It's not necessarily part of, uh, doesn't really fit into Celtics transfer um, habits, I guess, but yeah. he's got proven Premier League experience and I'm hopeful for him. So it's exciting. I'm excited for that fixture uh, to give us one more opportunity just to rub it in Rangers face. Hey, do you think he'll be there long term or do you think this is a stepping stone for him? I think this is a long mm, I would think that probably any manager out there, the end game for them is to probably be managing managing at like a top side in like the English the Premier League, sorry. But this job at, at Celtic, he I think that this is a, a few at least I, I would say like a three year a three year term. I don't know if you want to consider that long term or not. No, some days. clubs if you're Maybe at Chelsea not. that is that's definitely long term that's like a lifer <laughs> right. if you're three years at Chelsea right but uh but I would I think it's a three-year rebuilding period and I think that he has uh an, an idea a strategy a concept he would like to execute at Celtic and Celtic will also want to see that through and will back him to the hilt on it I do think he'll stay for a while I don't think it's like a, a one season thing yeah, I think you guys have a lot to look forward to. I know that I think Ben is sort of correct in saying that, yeah, it's going to be a little bit painful. It probably won't be a quick return to glory, but I definitely think that you guys have uh, optimism. And now if you're if you're getting that one piece in place, and we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks, where like if you get something that you can build around and build towards the future, you know, that, that only makes you feel better about the team and where it's going. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot to look forward there. Uh, ben, let's start with the Premier League. I know that this was, um, I think, one of our trash takes last week, right? That we had some twists and turns at both ends of the Premier League table. We'll get to talking about Manchester City. I mean, they're miles clear of rivals. They're, they've won this thing. But the craziest game that I think of the week was West Brom stunning Chelsea 5-2. Big Sam oh pulling God. through. <laughs> Just totally amazing. Like, what happened? Big Sam. What a legend. <laughs> Tuchel just looked clueless. Yeah. Like, he was like, I will tell you, I thought Chelsea were going to pull some some crap off and, like, get yeah. back in the game. He Basically, though, Tuchel at the end of the game just sat there like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is the <laughs> worst result I could have gotten. Yeah. Could have got fired for that. Was that his first defeat at yeah. Chelsea? Yeah, it was. They snapped a 14 game win streak. Done. I mean, Pulisic scored. So, like, all the yeah. haters there can just shut their mouths. Yeah. But so did Mason Mount. Um, and I think I texted you guys that I just don't think that he's Premier League ready. He looked, he, yeah, he scored a goal, but he looked absolutely out of place. And I think only because Tommy Two Chains is putting him in the lineup are people actually talking at, about him and thinking that maybe he is a, uh, a player of Premier League caliber, but I don't think he is. I don't rate him. I would like to imagine that that big, like five gallon pail of a head that Big Sam has just smirking at two chains <laughs> as looks, they shake hands. He's, yeah, just look what's at him, the like, saying, like the the cat that got the cream or whatever. Like he had this like big smile at the end of the game or whatever. Like he was definitely like so happy about it. You tell me, you want to talk about something still to play for? I think he's looking to get out of the bottom three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, big Sam, though, I think that was a Steve shout. Like Big Sam is a force to be reckoned with. They yeah. are getting closer and closer. Um, I will tell you, um, when I'm looking at the scores, Alex, there was a point in time in, in the day that Newcastle were in relegation zone. Yes. Um, <laughs> Aston Villa quickly bailed you out there. Yep. Um, but can we talk about the real legend here? Um, the Cabbage Batch kid himself is still undefeated. What's up, man? <laughs> yeah. He hasn't lost. He's not a liar. 
I mean, <laughs> I, I turned that game off after. So we went one nil up within 90 seconds. I think it was 93. Hashtag undefeated. Us, yeah, let's give us some some credit. 93 seconds, uh, we were back to tied. And then Harry Kane made it 2-1. And I was like, this is it. This is just the absolute collapse of the team. Like, everything's gone. And to be fair to them, I didn't watch the rest of the game. But to be fair to them, everything I read and clips I saw afterwards, they pulled themselves together. They figured it out. And they actually had a decent game. I think they had something like 23 shots on target or something like that. And it literally, that has not happened for maybe two and a half seasons. Like, it's just been so crazy that that's a stat that we should be proud of. But we are. And how ironic is it that it took an Arsenal player on loan to help us get a point back against Tottenham? You know, that's basically what it came down to. And, you know, I guess it gives us a little bit of hope. And, of course, you had Scott Parker's Fulham losing. Kind of seems maybe that the wheels are coming off of that, you know, good little win streak that they were on there. Um, Wolves take a trip to Craven Cottage, I think, later this week. And Fulham, yeah, they just like haven't been great at home. So maybe this is, you know, if they capitulate again to another team, you know, Scott Parker is a pretty uh, positive guy, I guess you could say. He was definitely like when he was at Newcastle, he was known for like having really good like team talks and being able to lift everybody's spirits and things like that. And I think that's translated obviously to the players at Fulham, but you got to, as a Newcastle fan, you got to hope that he's sort of lost that or something's going on in the, in the, in the dressing room right now where they're just not going to be able to pull it through. But as I said to you guys over the weekend, I would be ecstatic if big Sam pulls it through for West Brom at the expense of Newcastle, I would just do it for the story. That's all. <laughs> but right now we're sitting, I guess, pretty, you know, we still have that game in hand and things are looking okay for us. If, if the style of play that we had comes out against all the other teams we have going forward, we'll be okay. It's if we revert back to what we have been doing for the last 10, 15 games <laughs> that we will be in extreme trouble. So the real question, at what point mm-hmm. does Jesse Lingard legally change his name to Messi Lingard? Messi Lingard. <laughs> because West Ham are fourth. Yeah. They're still in Champions League position. They beat Wolves out today 3-2. Yeah. With Lingard opening the scoring. What, at what point? <laughs> what does this happen? <laughs> yeah. I think he was always that good. He just wasn't a good fit for United, to be honest with you. Um, I will say that just going back to Newcastle, I did watch the rest of the game because I'm not a fair weather fan. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the the <laughs> fair weather. Um, the reality for me is it was like Tottenham looked okay. Newcastle looked good enough. They just couldn't hold it together when they had to. Like, yeah. When pressure came, like when it was push came to shove, Newcastle folded, right? But the ability to get back in the game and level the game, I think speaks in volumes for for Newcastle. I think they're going to be safe. I think if Big Sam does catch them, it is worth the story. Um, Messi Lingard, (laughs) I don't know, man. I think he's he's got the talent. He just needs the minutes, and let's see if he can stay fit. Yeah. Someone backing him, too. Yeah. West Ham's captain, Mark Noble, he says that uh, the Hammers, they have nothing to lose in their race. You know, they're totally going, you know, for top Mm -hmm. four finish. And like I said at the top, you know, Chelsea losing, I think, opens the door for a lot of people right now. Uh, Everton, uh, Mm -hmm. who else is around there? I mean, Tottenham, sort of, kind of. I mean, Leicester. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Leicester, for sure. Everton, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, they're all in that that group. 
Yeah. And you can't count out Aston Villa. I know they're sitting down in ninth, but not too far mm-hmm. off a game of hand against some of these teams, no. you know, potential, potential in, you know, in a, in a very, uh, right. Difficult at this point of the season, just because we're getting towards like the really, really business end. So yeah. those type of dramatic upswings can be yeah. a bit, maybe Very more hard. rare. People are yep. pretty established, but I would definitely say positions eight Everton at 47 mm-hmm. Liverpool's at 49 Tottenham's at 49 and Chelsea at 51. Right. That that can shuffle so quick. Yep, exactly. I mean, Villa's in that mix for me too. Everton also, with that game in hand. Yeah, I guess they do have a game in hand, yeah. It's a dangerous spot to be in. And you know what I will say is it's uh, – United are probably in that mix too. Let me just <laughs> throw that in there as well, right? Like we're sitting in second place but also very close to being in sixth or something yeah. like that because you never know. I thought Danny World Class Welbeck was going to have us absolutely bottle it. Thankfully, uh, you know, Green Green would bail yeah. us out. But goodness gracious – yeah, <laughs> United have somehow managed to narrowly uh, close the gap with Man City by uh, literally doing nothing, yeah. and they're still 14 points behind. Right, it's done and dusted at this point. I but think, well, go ahead. I refuse to admit defeat. <laughs> Stand here, fight. I dare say that West Ham are, are similar in 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 the in the vein of uh, Leicester. Like mm-hmm. how they have no expectations and yep. no one's really expecting anything. Like no one's expecting them to win the league. No one's expecting them to do much of anything. So with that no expectations kind of mindset, they can just go out and do their thing. And their thing is uh, got them in Europe right now. So yeah, I'd say, exactly. I, I don't know, man, if I'm a Leicester fan, I'm sitting there like, all right, you guys are in third. You've been here before at this point, we want to be considered a big six team. Surely if you're your, a Leicester job fan, is everyone else, I don't think has that season. same approach. I think West Ham, like you guys were saying, have no pressure, right? Like, yeah. all right, we really didn't expect anything out of you, Moyes. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably the only year we're going to get from you. Yeah. Someone else will pick you up in the off season. Um, it's like they've just been assigned to the wrong t- table at the wedding. They're just looking around at their company like, <laughs> we aren't supposed to be here. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what's going on. Um, they don't actually the don't have party. their passports sorted out for Europe yet. Things <laughs> <laughs> get rescheduled. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, one thing about Tottenham, though, in this mix, uh, Jose Mourinho, uh, after responding to Tottenham's, I guess you would call it a dismal display for them, right? Uh, having to d- essentially draw to the dreadful Newcastle. Uh, Jose Mourinho undefeated. asked, asked, yes, the undefeated Newcastle. Jose Mourinho asked about his his squad's uh, recent run of form, and he said, "It's well, it's the same coach, but different players. There's mistakes, which I probably shouldn't even call mistakes because they're related to qualities that players have. So he's putting it on the players that have been chosen by him <laughs> and saying that it's the player's fault for what's going on. And this is just like classic Mourinho, right? <laughs> There's just the toxic vibe comes out anytime things aren't going well, anytime things are going great. He's the chosen one. He's special. He's amazing, <laughs> you know, but anything going wrong is it's it's not his problem and it's it's amazing because like he's the one that's again picking these players and it's almost like well can you only win when you have the the quote-unquote right players for you you know are you you know and in that vein couldn't any coach come in and just play with any players that they think are the best and win you know it's uh it's an interesting point i think from him to say that it was the same coach, but different players. I don't get Jose and I've stopped trying to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love watching him <laughs> fail. 
Like <laughs> it's just uh it's great watching him self-destruct and run himself out of towns. Yeah. Like he's like literally running out of places he can live in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's upsetting so many people and he goes out in like blazes blazes of glory. Right. You know, you know where he belongs? He belongs in the MLS where <laughs> they literally would just eat up the drama. He'd yeah. never get fired. He'd yeah. be golden even if he bottomed out of the league. And in fairness, he could probably play. <laughs> Did you guys see that uh, Jurgen Klopp, who is not on his revenge tour with Real Madrid, right. has said yeah, yeah. that uh, Sergio Ramos is not invited to his birthday? Yeah. Who is invited? I didn't see that part. But... <laughs> if you're Jurgen Klopp, who are you inviting to your birthday? Top five guests. Um, James Bond. The guy who did his teeth. <laughs> his dentist. Yeah. The guy who's done half of Liverpool's starting 11's teeth. <laughs> well, we, Suarez is nowhere to be found, obviously. Right. Um, I don't know, man. That's such a loaded question. Not Mo Salah. You know who he's inviting? He's probably inviting Jordan Henderson. Um, and that's probably it. That's all of his friends. Because he wants Wijnaldum to stay. Probably yeah. invite him. Yeah, Shakiri. But I don't know, man. I can't believe he's 60. I thought he was much younger than that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I guess I didn't. I never really thought of an age. I, if you'd have told me 49, I'd have believed you. What if I told you he was 36? I don't think I'd have believed you there. All right, so 39 is the age. Uh, David know. Wagner, the uh, is he still the boss of – is he still in charge of Huddersfield? He might have been like two years ago. Mm. Anyway, apparently he's really uh, – he's like – Jurgen Klopp's best friend, so he would definitely be at the party. Oh, he's American too, isn't he? Yeah, they're he'd be in his top eight. Yeah, because they played together. Uh, Shaka, yeah. something they played together like a long time ago. Whatever, and for whatever reason, they struck up a really good friendship. And I know that they've been like good friends ever since then. When Huddersfield was in the Prem, he was the manager. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if he is still there, but yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So. All right, so I, I feel like we figured out at least four people that would be invited to Jurgen Klopp's birthday party, but that's something to be thinking about over the weekend here. Uh, you know, if you've got anything going on, if you were yeah, right, thinking exactly. about having friends over but just couldn't, just think of Jurgen no Klopp. No bouncy castle. Yeah, <laughs> no, there's no bouncy castle. But do they have do do they have the do they have the uh, party now, or do you have, do they have to have it like after quarantine? Because yeah, you wait till everybody gets gets vaccinated out of quarantine okay, and okay. then yeah okay. you know a nice summer party so we've got time to, to build our rapport with with your yes, yes. okay cool 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 cool. i'll tell you somebody that might be involved uh fabinho he looked like he's uh sort of getting into the swing of things for for liverpool um and i'll say that trent alexander arnold looked pretty good after being snubbed by gareth southgate and the uh Bureau yeah that was awesome so i don't know i feel like liverpool maybe swinging things around here a little bit i don't know really where they're expecting to land though you know like what is their expectation i mean you just were talking steve you know maybe they're in the conversation to eke out a top four spot still but is that reality i don't know what, what baffles me is like not this is kind of not related to your question, just more Trent Alexander-Arnold and just the, the quality of service that comes from, from TAA. Mm-hmm. It's so it's funny just how the game has, has transitioned. I just had this thought. It, with the service of crosses, that type of service from crosses is, is almost expected now more so of a fullback rather than like a wide midfielder. It's yeah. almost like they've, they've changed, not changed roles, but 
they've switched, they've taken that role, put that to the fullback. And then now like the wide midfielders have moved have advanced and become more like wingers now. Yeah. Where you just have the Dutch model though. Isn't that the entire point of the Dutch model is high pressure. And it starts with your, your wing backs really getting inside the final third and putting the ball into the mix so that your outside attackers, if you will, can fall into the the mix and they kind of like either sit on the edge of the 18 or just outside the 18 or they, for that like outside the box shot where they're in the mix for the header or cleaning up the trash when the keeper drops it also seeing teams go to like a three in the back but then like five across the midfield and the five like what like wing backs yeah yeah like it's just such a it's such a i mean it's a lot of running it is a lot of running but it's just interesting that that these fullbacks are getting tasked more and more with attacking duties and are expected more now i guess maybe more of an advanced role it, it's tough to find like a, a a full a fullback nowadays who whose like staple is defending you know what i mean well right it's start, like you even saw it when ashley young went from being like a striker midfielder yeah yeah he was a back. yeah but the thing is though that's that is the the dutch style of soccer it's the 433 it's the, the counterattacking style where when you attack, you attack to the point that you are either having to send the ball long to get out and hoping that they can't convert on that and you're holding them in because it's a defensive mood. You're basically taking your defense and defending in their final th- in, in the final third, if that makes sense. And it boxes them in. It, it forces corners. It forces turnovers uh, deep in their own area, and it, it creates more goals. Um, but it is a unique position that's kind of evolving. I think we had, you know, some of that with the likes of like Beckham and really Gary Neville's overlaps. Right. But even then they were more traditional than they are today. And uh, I do think Trent Alexander Arnold is the perfect candidate for that position. Same as Reese, right? Reese fits that. Yeah. Reese James. Yeah. 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 You look at most of the United Luke Shaw is in the final third more than anyone. There's been yeah. a lot of articles coming out talking, discussing uh, England's uh, fullback conundrum mm-hmm. and That's i guess not a conundrum it's more so just a the, good problem to have yeah, yeah the good problem to have but that taa is being discussed as potentially not being uh not getting his ticket to the euros which is crazy a finalist yeah. i mean it's crazy. crazy to me is harry Maguire yeah. is so dominant for yeah. England right now i was just lack of gary neville that said that if harry Maguire was to not be part of the squad it would be like more of a detriment than not having harry kane i mean something to that effect yeah yeah I saw that, and I, I don't disagree with him, but it's strictly just because England doesn't really have a lot of center backs. Like, yeah. like it's not because – The world that. doesn't seem to have a lot of center backs. No. Right, but then you got, like, Jesse Lingard. You got all these strikers that are coming into form that you could kind of play around with up top. So if you're just mm-hmm. comparing, you know, apples and oranges, sure, why not, Gary? Must have been a slow yeah. news day for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, on the other side of that Liverpool game was Arsenal and Mikel Arteta uh, potentially getting into the hot seat again. I don't think Arsenal uh, are looking for anywhere better than probably 10th place. I think they've been sitting there for pretty much park the bus in 10th place for the past couple of weeks. But uh, kind of telling his reaction afterward, you know, he said that this is a game that really shocked me. Uh, and it's kind of it's telling to me because it's like, you know, he's had all this time with a lot of his young players, especially to try and develop them, to try and get something out of them. He's had the majority of a season now to do that. And it's, this is a game in which, you know, trying to keep your domestic hopes alive, you know, for whatever they were trying to aim for, you know, aiming high, maybe top six, uh, but they just couldn't get up for the game and they didn't look great. 
Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about like Obama Yang, like should he be benched? Should he be left out of the squad entirely now? You know, I don't think Arteta has found the secret sauce just yet. And I don't know how long he will be given to find that. I know that there's, you know, a lot of broader infrastructure that, you know, has been lacking ever since Arsene Wenger left Arsenal and, you know, anybody's been trying to fill those shoes, but I just don't know if he's the guy. I think that he will be in trouble. Speaking of Obama speaking of Obama Yang, anybody catch a glimpse at, uh, at his reincarnation of Gervinho? That no. haircut he had, no. <laughs> it looked like essence of you remember Gervinho with that yeah. thick headband when he used to play for Arsenal. Obama Yang, yep. he's like, like, dreaded his hair out super long where it's like past his like chin now, and right. just like a big oh, old yeah. headband keeping it all at bay. It just reminded me of Gervinho vibes all day long. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Another sad thing about that Arsenal game was uh, Kieran Tierney getting injured. He yep. uh, fell to a, a, a knee injury, and I don't think they've given a a time frame as to when they can expect to see him back. That's got to be huge, not only for Arsenal, but just I'm thinking more so like Scotland and the Euros. Mm-hmm. You got to really be hoping that he's going to be fit in time to make it for that. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, I don't know if you have too much to say, but you know, what about Mason Greenwood? 19 year old. Great. You know, getting a goal after a, what was it? The cross from Pogba, you know, kind of like a half volley cross from Pogba. Uh, got you guys over Sonny Brighton. <laughs> Yeah, I think United have a huge problem, and the problem does not lie in their attack or their, mm. you know, field players. Their problem lies between the sticks. Uh, you know, Dean Anderson is not the answer for me. Yeah. It looks like United are basically putting all their eggs in that basket to try save some money because you know they've got a lot of really high-paying players right now. Yeah. The only one good thing is that does potentially mean that someone like uh, Pogba is staying put if, if uh, De Gea is who they're looking to offload right. um, to, to me though like he should have stopped that goal he had a couple of blunders and they were saying that like oh you know we wouldn't even be talking about this if it wasn't De Gea versus him that's just simply not true United have historically gone through periods of time where if they don't have the right keeper they're in trouble um, for me Henderson's that problem uh, going back to Greenwood, though, he is exciting. It's it's nice to see him uh, kind of come into his own. It does look like they gave him some tough love this year because he violated some COVID protocols, and they really pretty much stripped him of his spot on the starting uh, side as a result of that. Um, but now that he's back in the mix, he's doing big things. I do think Daniel James is a slightly better form player right now. That being said, I don't know if you guys watched the game this weekend or not, but Daniel James comes on the pitch and they pass him the ball um, and it goes right <laughs> under his foot. Like he's got a hole in his leg. Yeah. And uh, Lee Dixon goes, oh, that would have been his first touch on the ball. Huh? We've all, <laughs> we've all been there. Shut yeah. up, Lee Dixon. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cheers, Lee. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I think um, who was I ripping on? I was ripping on the ref. Who's the ref that's just been abysmal this year? I'm not sure. VAR. Yes, you are. VAR, yep, it's because of VAR. Mike Dean? Yeah, Mike Dean is yeah. absolutely terrible. He was wearing a Brighton jersey for the first 50 minutes of the game. Like He was just blowing every call. There's like three fouls back to back, and then he called United and booked the player. He did – oh, he also booked Mason Greenwood, right? So yeah. it's in the second half, and there's a free kick given. The Time's expiring, and uh, before the whistle's blown, Greenwood knows it's about to get called, so he kicks it. Mm-hmm. But, like, he doesn't do it, like, blatantly. He just, like, passes it out of bounds. And 
He just books him on the spot. I'm like, dude, the play wasn't even dead. You can't book a player for time wasting while the play is still going on. That's not how that rule works. Right. Um, I will say, though, United looked pretty good. I felt like the scoreline did not reflect uh, the result, if that makes sense. Danny Welbeck plays against Man United like he's got a chip on his shoulder, and so he should. Right. Um, you know what? I want to just go back in time when I said – he was Danny world-class Welbeck. It, Lee Dixon and the co um, that were commentating, I think, would agree with me on that as they were saying he's one of the players that is absolutely fan- fantastic, uh, great career, just riddled with injuries. So you two are haters, um, and Danny <laughs> Welbeck is world-class, as I said. When you're scoring against Man United, what else do you want in life? I guess. I guess. <laughs> I believe your you're criteria right, right. for that was uh, – <laughs> He went to a World Cup, so. <laughs> I said he played for England's national team. Yeah, exactly. Right? World so, class. Yeah. Him, him and Hurricane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of world class, uh, going across town for you, Ben, Manchester City. I mean, like I said, they look just miles clear of, of anybody right now. Uh, in all competition, they've won 26 out of the last 27 games. I'll give this one to you, Ben. That one loss was to Manchester United. Uh, I mean, it should count as double points for United, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't matter. They'd still only be ten points away from <laughs> from With the game at uh, hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> yep. Um, so they are currently eighteen points clear of third place right now, which means that I believe if they beat Leeds this weekend they would have guaranteed themselves a Champions League spot for next season. Uh, and they also have a big major game coming up this week against Dortmund in the Champions League. And uh, as I said to you guys, the rumor mill is already alive and well. Pep Guardiola has said that uh, Erling Holland is very nice and uh, would love to see him <laughs> potentially in a Manchester City blue strip at one point. Um, I think he's just starting that courtship really early as soon as he can, just getting his name involved in everything right now. But, you know, Steve, what's your take on Man City? You know, I mean, are they, when are they going to have this wrapped up? We got like, what, seven or eight games left in the season? Over, under, four or three games left before they I win this I just think thing. of, uh, well, I don't know what episode of The Office it is when Michael Scott goes like, respect is nice. It's like, Pepper, it's like anytime people bring up Erling Holland, yeah. Erling Holland is <laughs> nice. Right. He's <laughs> just just warm in the relationship yeah. <laughs> with the media and with Erling, letting him know yeah. he's nice. Yeah. Um, but to your question, uh, I would say that is it mathematically it's going to get wrapped up here if things so, keep going? I'm actually like, just reading here now. They're four victories away from their third Premier League title in the past four years. I was say, I thought it was three or four. Um, I'd probably say within that four. I don't yeah. see a reason why they wouldn't do it in more games, like five or six. I don't see, I don't see them losing. Yeah, <laughs> basically that's it. I don't see them losing. Yeah, I, don't I think mean it's going to be Leeds that does it. Yeah, they got like a weird week off coming up. I yeah. think uh, their home stretch. Did you see who else was rumored to be in talks with Man City or linked to Man City? Uh, Lukaku. Oh, oh which would be. A little bit of a weird dynamic going back to Manchester after all that. Like, I wouldn't imagine it'd be messy. I would imagine the messy talks of going to City would probably be going pretty cold now that Sergio Aguero is not going to be there. Right. Which you is think sad. they're biffs. <laughs> they are. I mean, they talk. They 
they chat all the time. It's like pretty public that they're like best pals. They would definitely go but, to each uh, other's birthday party. They would definitely go to each other's birthday party. <laughs> You'd be in my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> but That's great. But it's uh yeah, I don't see there to be a reason why they shouldn't wrap it up in those four games. Yeah. So, so before we go international, they've put out a uh, contenders for the top or the top contenders for the blonde door for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you guys think would be in the top five? What's that short list? Like 25 people? Yeah, we're going for five, though. Of this season. Is it a calendar year or is it just the season? I don't know if they do a fiscal calendar or what. Well, that would make a difference. I mean, someone who played really well. Like the I, tail know, of the man. I didn't set the guidelines. I'm just all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. It's um, got to be like Lewandowski, <laughs> Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi, Bruno Fernandez, Killian Mbappe. Those names will probably be <laughs> Neymar, and those names will be in there. Those names were be. all on the list. Neymar has bottomed out to the bottom of the list. He's twentieth. They're saying that his form's not good enough. He's not yeah performing well enough. I would say Personally, I think him and his tiny feet flop too much. Uh, but his teammate, Kylian Mbappe, is favored to win it this year, shortly followed up by uh, Lewandowski, like you had said. Uh, Lionel Messi is in third, right? The second. That makes sense. For me, I think Kevin De Bruyne should be higher up. Um, and then, How is Kareem uh, Benzema not on that list? Romelu uh, Lukaku is fifth. De Bruyne is sixth. Do you have the top 25 in front of you? Yeah. Uh, Benzema is ninth. Okay. I was going to say, he's like, it's a crime if he's not even top 10. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of really good strikers out there right now, though, right? Like, I think he's like at the Ronaldo. top of that list almost. Over Ronaldo, yes, he's got and 12 goals, but he sets. He's he's he. It's not just the goals that he does. I'm with you, but for Ballon d'Or, that's what they're looking for, right? Like they don't take the player that's influential off the ball. Like Benzema's movement off the ball is what really makes him so strong, and I think uh, Zidane coaching him has kind of helped him kind of move along with that, like the maestro. Right, that was his whole thing. Is everything he does when he's not on the ball so beautiful, but with twelve goals and one assist, there's people that are putting up big numbers that are just way more impressive. Like even Ronaldo's got sixteen goals and three assists. De Bruyne are six goals, six assists. Right, Lukaku sit on thirteen and four. I, I think stats have to. Latin? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a robbery. Um, <laughs> but he's not even on the list. Mm. Of twenty five, Harry Kane's on there, thirteenth. How does that make you feel? Is uh, Rob, Jamie Vardy's probably – is Jamie Vardy on there? No. Okay. No, he's not. A lot of Germany – a lot of players from Germany on there. Um, and Gallo Conte is on there somehow. How is he still on there? With two assists. I mean, the, ban- the man has not been known for providing, you know, goal-scoring opportunities, but I feel like he's not had a whole lot of game time. Or does the blonde or know that France is going to be dominant in Europe? Maybe that's it. Euros contenders. You heard it here first. There's the plot. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. That being said, Mbappe is unreal. I'd love to see him in the Premier League uh, pretty much at any team. You guys see, uh, speaking of French players, did you see that uh, Martial's out for a little while? Mm -mm. No. Why? Got hurt in internationals. Oh, maybe I did see. Maybe I did hear about that. It's what's it called? He's, he's like out the rest of the season. Oof. Oh, does he? Uh, so no euros then, I suppose. Probably euros. Like, mm. well, I didn't know how severe it was. Well, let's just say he probably didn't care. You know what oh. I mean? At this point, we're not going to win it. Might as well go and rest up yeah. and have a good summer. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I don't rate Martial anyway, so his injury doesn't. I don't know, man. Like, I was thinking about that this weekend. Like, United weren't as dynamic when they were finishing. And is that because someone like Martial is out? Who knows? But, yeah. All right. Back to the rest of the world. (laughs) So, let's talk about Lukaku. Uh, His Inter Milan, currently eight points clear at the top of Serie A right now. Uh, and then Steve, you had something to say. Juventus, I think, or what? Mathematically, they cannot finish. Top. Yeah, I believe it was uh, very recently. Uh, I was, I thought it was top. I thought it was first, to be okay. honest. But yeah. I, don't, don't fact check me on this one. <laughs> um, but I, I do believe that mathematically, it has uh, very recently been established that Juventus no longer stand a chance mathematically of being able to clinch uh, Serie A. So, I guess you just. Aim for the stars, but maybe get the clouds or something. I don't know what you you just aim yeah. as high as you can, I suppose. You yeah. ain't got the Champions League no more, so. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, no Italian team has the Champions League anymore. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't have anything to play for. It's it's amazing to me that uh, Atalanta is in third place. It's kind of a name you don't think of that would be up that high. They've been doing well in the Champions League in recent years, too. Mm-hmm. Last like couple, like one, two, three, maybe three years tops. But yeah, they've yeah. been. It's an. You're right. It is a name. It's kind of like a Leicester thing. It's like yeah. it's a name that it's not really common <laughs> in those types of conversations. But like, oh, they've been here for like a little bit now, and right. they pop up every now and then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And then it is. Go ahead. It is mathematically possible to stone that out there. Oh, it is. Ooh. I think so. Oh, Fact check by Ben. You're welcome. <laughs> by Ben for Ben. Hashtag Another Steve's beer fund has uh, apparently done too well. Steve has been. <laughs> yes. Thank you to all you wonderful, wonderful listeners out there. Uh, your efforts and donations to st- hashtag Steve's beer fund uh, have proven to provide some fruits of that labor. And uh, as we pop the first one, this is this chooses for you. That $9 goes real far, <laughs> real far. I stretched it as far as it could go. Is that a butt ice? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Miller High Life for all for all you listeners out there. But uh, another, and jumping uh, jumping from Italy to Spain, Spain's top of the of La Liga is getting muy interesante. One could say. See, si. <laughs> Atletico with Atletico Madrid at, at sixty six points. So all these teams mm-hmm. are at twenty nine matches played. Atletico at sixty six points. Barcelona at sixty five points, and Real Madrid at 63 points so it's a three-point gap and el clasico is this weekend so real madrid have the chance to not only go one up on barcelona but they would also be tied for first place against atletico atletico do play uh real betis over the weekend and betis are currently in fifth so aside to aside to be not you know taken lightly interesting things happening in spain i'm curious to see how this ends up at the end of the season yeah those are like you know, if you're a Real Madrid fan, like that's a tasty position to be in, right? Like yeah. you have the opportunity to beat your biggest rival, Barcelona, to also potentially go above your hometown rival, Atletico Madrid, and mm. put yourself on top of a league that I don't think they've been, I mean, maybe they have been top like in the early stages or whatever, but I think every time I've checked, they haven't been there, right? Like they've I thought clawed been top their way back. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've been top for probably like the whole second half of the season. Yeah. Um, I think for Real, this is the do or die part of the season. This, this, I think this stretch from now until the end of the season is going to dictate whether or not Zinedine Zidane remains in office at Real Madrid because the season has not been convincing. 
They still remain in third place, albeit it's tight. I get it. But with the standards that Real Madrid fans and the hierarchy at Madrid have, I think this could be, I think this could end it all for, 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 for Zidane's tenure. I don't think that they'll back him for another season because it's been unconvincing at this, until this point, but if he can provide some silverware, I think he can salvage a job. Yep. It depends if he wants to stay there. I don't know what, uh, Zidane's an interesting guy. His first, his first tenure at, at Real Madrid, he ended it himself under the notion that every team, every team has a lifespan of like three years and then things need to change, what change, whether it's the players or the coach, right. something needs to change because it just needs a new influx of, of, of that new change. And, and he decided to be the change and, and, and left. Right. And then they desperately called him back. What? 10 months later after yep. going through two managers in that time span. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is make a break. We'll see if they can survive the gauntlet, but uh, it'll be interesting. I'm back in Zizou. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually with you. I think this weekend's going to favor Real Madrid. Uh, there's also a lot of time left, right? It could be one of those nil-nil draws because no one wants to lose any players, right? They mm. both can pass off with some, with some points. 38 games, right? So there's nine games left in the season. You want to win the big leagues you got to win the big games and it's, it's going to come down to it. I don't know if I could tell you the last time El Clasico had so much on the line. Yeah. yeah. It always seems that they always, it always seems like the headlines are like this El Clasico means more than any other one previous before, <laughs> but then it's like Barcelona's uh, winning by like a hundred points. Yeah. Right. Or vice versa. Like, yeah, but well, this yeah, one has, I agree you know, with you. implications too for Messi, you know, does it, if they, yeah, if they win La Liga, you know, is he like, uh, even even if we win yeah. La Liga, is that like a okay? I've done it. I've done it again. Let's go find something else. Or is it okay? We lost. Uh, I think I'm past no, my time here. Gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, I didn't even think about it from the Barcelona perspective, but yeah, it, it'll be. It's interesting for all parties, and I'm curious how. I'm curious also because if Atletico, even if that does go nil nil, like Ben said, if that happens, mm-hmm. and Atletico go like. D- somehow don't get a result against Betis. Yeah. Yeah. That makes things super tasty. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I um, definitely have to keep an eye on that. Another thing, another just part of Barcelona. Um, they're another Erling Holland <laughs> courtship <laughs> going on right now. Uh, but I don't know. Is he for anybody though? I don't know that Pep Guardiola said this, but like, is, anybody gonna pay what is he like at 100 million euro or pound price tag right now you know is any one player worth that money for any any club even you know okay they've just recently dropped his uh buying uh, his his buyout clause yeah for some sort of disagreements i think holland and and dortmund had had disagreements on uh, negotiations on contract so they've lowered the asking price of him in hopes of if he does get sold, they don't, or I forget the details, but I do remember seeing that recently. I think they, they recognize that the market's trending down a little bit, right? Like they, it had to do with the response of, I don't want to say COVID, but really like the, you know, clubs don't have the, the same sort of spending power that they used to. And I think that kind of dictated a little bit too. They wanted to make it, attractive enough to like like a house get a bidding war you know what yeah. I mean? get some people involved get mm-hmm. looking for them um speaking of players for sale um did you guys know i'm kind of jumping all over the place diogo uh jota for liverpool mm-hmm. was like yep. 40 million pounds 
What an absolute bargain he was. This year, <laughs> he's got 21 goals um, and assists combined. Wow, I know that. I right. Know that big. Right. And it's like one of the cheaper players out there. That's, you know, yeah. a win for Liverpool. And I think, you know. They signed him or they, is he alone? Did they sign him? I believe he's, uh, I think they signed him because they're saying it was 40 million. So like, that's not yeah. like loan numbers. Yeah. Right. I think Liverpool with Mo Salah moving out are going to have the, the spending power to bring in a big name or two. Um, and I don't <laughs> think it's going to be Holland. I could see them bringing in, uh, you know, Boateng from wherever, uh, Bayern Munich. What if Mbappe would go Mbappe with his ties to like LeBron James. He had that collaboration on those, uh, Mercurial boots. All of a sudden, Liverpool are wearing Jordans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but like, Le- LeBron James has that stake in Liverpool. Yeah, and Nike, uh, but just marketing purposes, I wonder if Nike would chip in to help make that transfer happen. Yeah, to get. Yeah, I mean, there. yeah, why not? Right. Like, I could just see. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying if it did happen, I would not be. I would not be shocked. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is Liverpool are such a aren't they a New Balance team or like what's oh, the other they're one? They're Nike. They're Nike now. They're Nike yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Were they New Balance? Or yeah, they, like, were. they were. They were New Balance. They were. Yeah, I got it. No, I, I could see Liverpool spending some dough if, to reinforce their back line, and if especially Bayern if Munich's Mo Salah's up, gone, right? Mm-hmm. If Bayern Munich's Boateng's uh, up for sale, I think that's an easy win for Jurgen Klopp and the boys. Um, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, so are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Hit me. <laughs> so, Steve's already again, cracked the beer. It's, yeah, the beer's it's open. I'm ready. Steve's been pre-gaming and training for this vigorously because he wants to level the playing ground between him and Alex. Um, the where are they now? Um, as always, you guys, I know you guys love to hear about who these players are, where they've been, and where they're going. I want to uh, open open the uh, the questions and and see where you guys want to start. Well, okay. as is tradition, what's their star sign? Hang on. Yeah, I'm not going to get anywhere close unless I know that first. He's a Leo. It's mm. also a he, by the way. Summer baby. Changes my, changes my approach if he's a Leo. Um, okay. Uh, where where are play? they now? Where did he play in the Prem? Yes, he did. Okay. Did they retire from the Prem? Mm, good question. No. Have they retired? Yes. Okay. Two thousand. This individual retired in uh, two thousand and eight. It is was he, is in he a Welsh? championship club. Is he Welsh? It's like Wales, but definitely not Wales. No. Is the player Welsh? Correct. No. He, the answer is no. Do you want to ask one more time? Is he Welsh? No. Is he Northern Irish? Is, no. <laughs> is he Scottish? Uh, nope. We're gonna keep going with countries, huh? This person is no, not from that continent. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going that direction. So he played. Here's your hint, and I promise I'm going to stop with the hints because you guys are getting too good at these. He is someone that you would never think to watch their highlights, but you would probably watch their highlights for hours because of their skill on the ball. So this person retired in 2008. Yes, JJ Okacha. So nice, you got to say his name twice. That's oh. only JJ. 3-1. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yep. He is an absolute phenomenal player. Was, My hand was on the buzzer. My hand was on the buzzer. <laughs> yeah, we didn't hear it, Steve. Um, 
but definitely not Welsh. Just throwing that out there. Played for yeah, Bolton. Right. He retired for Hull City, which is kind of surprising. Uh, he kind of bounced all all around. Started his career in Germany, uh, then went to Frankfurt, Fenerbahce, PSG, Bolton, Qatar, and then Hull City. So like he had quite a dynamic uh, yeah. career there. Wow, yeah, he did. Holy smokes! I'll forever remember him as the player that rainbowed over a player oh, out yeah. of the corner, down the touchline, and then yeah. put in a goal. Unreal. Yep. He's on every highlight reel. I think any any football highlight reel, he's like he's in there. If I just want to say skills. that I'm two and zero with uh, Nigerian soccer players. <laughs> just a dearth of knowledge. <laughs> It's that file folder in your head of information you didn't know you had. <laughs> right. Oh, N- Nigerian it. footballers. I, who would have thought? I know them. So right. you guys don't know this, but Alex was also a Nigerian footballer uh, scout for many years, <laughs> um, specifically in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, but J.J. Okacho is one of those players that if you watch his highlights, he was up there with like Ronaldinho with the foot skills, right? Like he yeah. could move the ball. He had some unreal skills. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't heard of him um he's a player that you've probably seen his highlights and don't even realize it there's this story that uh samuel eto once tried to get jj okacha subbed off for being too good (laughs) playing against him yeah uh it was in a testimonial game uh for joseph yogo and i guess okacha was just playing so well and etu demanded that Okacha was subbed off because he was playing so well. <laughs> he took him. Atsu escorted the former Bolton man to the touchline with Okacha and the fans in attendance all seeing the funny side of what happened. <laughs> I was awesome. curious on the phonetics of his last name. It's Akaucha. Akaucha. JJ Akaucha. Yeah, Akaucha. He's on Pele's top 100 best players of all time. Wow. I would have that framed if I was yeah. JJ. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's not real, I'd print the that- website and just be like, fact, this yep. isn't writing. <laughs> put, that in, put that in a frame next to the pool table in the man cave when you have your guys over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, it's just me on that list. Yeah. One highlight, yeah, it's me. You know what's <laughs> yeah. crazy is the name JJ isn't actually his name, it's Augustine Azuka. And huh. the reason he goes by JJ is his older brother's name is James and they pass it down. So he's oh. JJ because of his brother. So imagine being the older brother and being like, yeah, it's not <laughs> even your name. <laughs> Stole his identity. Oh, man. He's, he's now a, a, uh, a brand ambassador for, I don't even, Xiaomi. Yep. That, the Chinese that word. electronics I chose company. Not to discuss that. Yeah. Selling electronics. Yeah. He's just selling electro- Chinese electronics in Africa. So I guess. Uh, I, I guess the mighty have fallen, but I guess at the same time, good for him. Still employed, still kicking about. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The phone's yeah. so nice, you got to buy it twice. <laughs> it's the iPhone's motto, man. Yeah. This phone's going to break in two to three years. Sorry. Um, he was unreal, though. He was one of my favorite yeah. players to watch. And honestly, like, he probably could have gone to any club he wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was so good. And then he's like, I'm going to go to Bolton and I'm going to stay there. Like that's that's where I'm supposed to be. Didn't he, he speaking of Big Sam, didn't he play with Big Sam? Big Sam play um, with or play for? No, 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 play for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, hold the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Did we just go full circle there? I think that was like 2003, like way back when. 
and yeah i think that was like some of it was one of big sam's like early day careers the bolton of the early the first half of the 2000s era is a different bolton than oh, what we know now yeah i mean i don't even are they that's in the true for like every team right except for newcastle like newcastle probably about the same <laughs> plus alan Shear. Yeah, they tried for a little while in the late 90s, but <laughs> didn't get too many. Wow, Bolton is in League Two. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How the mighty have fallen. Wow. Yeah. Fourth place. They were like they Where were like Premier fun. League mainstays for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. I didn't know it was League Two. I didn't know uh they had fallen that much. Well, it's when you see like Burnley and, and Brighton and stuff, you're like, I saw these guys play against Peter United in like ninety-eight. Yeah. It's like a Leicester as well, honestly. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Where are they now, Steve? You got to step I it up. Pick it up. A little disappointed. Um, <laughs> I will be sure to stop picking Nigerian players out of the biases. Um, if your next Alex one is uh, Shola Amiobi, then I'll be four and one. <laughs> After that, <laughs> I, I think I've exhausted all my Nigerian soccer players. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, ben, I think this oh, one will interest you. Go ahead. Did you see the breaking news that I broke over the weekend? No. <laughs> Sean Deitch ditched the coat. Did yes. he, though? I thought he was playing in it. Maybe it was just a picture that I saw. They had used like an old picture of him. Or maybe he was wearing that as like, let me slip into something more comfortable. And then threw it <laughs> off and was like, boom. Just Man. broke the internet. Man. I did not know that. that... Holy smokes. I'm surprised I didn't make... Uh... Like uh, Sky Sports, like like yeah, the coverage in between matches. I mean, they let us cover the real stories, so that's like, true. That's yeah, true. blame them. Yeah, I mean, Southampton looked pretty good in that game, though. I'm trying to play for something, I guess. <laughs> Someone has to. I think Newcastle play Burnley off. next, so I'm hoping maybe the maybe the coat stays on because I feel like he's been pretty terrible with the coat on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So constricts his blood flow to his head. Yeah, exactly. Just can't think. Uh, uh, you know what? Though? Newcastle the are probably gonna lose because Newcastle overperform and then nope. they underperform. So they right. go play the teams that they should lose to pretty well, get a point, and then they go and bottle it against teams that they should easily beat. Yep. Just so everybody knows, Ben knows all about underperforming. Um, so let's talk it's about uh, <laughs> the MLS. <laughs> Uh, they're going to try out concussion substitutes for the 2021 season. Ben, what do you think about that? I need someone to explain it to me. I saw that and was like, I'm going to just solely rely on Steve and Alex to explain how it's going to work. <laughs> so I'll do my best. I'm not well-versed in it. I'm not a topic expert, but mm-hmm. from I would imagine the same rules, or if not, you got to be fairly close to like what the Prem has implemented. I would imagine the same stuff has been carried over into the MLS. So they're not reinventing the wheel. Um, but it's... So obviously every match you get three substitutes, but if a player is deemed by the medical staff to have suffered a concussion, they can be substituted out of the match and it does not count as one of those three substitutes. So I'm going to assume the MLS would be going forward with, obviously you get three subs a game, yep. but if a player is deemed to have suffered a concussion during match, they can be substituted out and it does not count as one of your three substitutions. That is my surface level knowledge of of the topic yeah can i I ask a silly question yeah it's debatably insensitive so prepare to roast me as steve just kills his two dollar beer um (laughs) 
and opens up his second. Is there any way you can pretend to have a concussion? Like, is there a way to make this work for you as a a player, (laughs) or would you genuinely need a head injury? You get what I'm saying? So I don't. We're protecting the players. I don't know if um. So like I I'm kind of curious about this because like for example, is the medical team that's examining? I would imagine they are the medical team that's examining the player. Are they the medical team of their respective club? Because if the team is in a pinch in the game and they need an extra substitution, someone gets a knock and it's not a concussion. They go out there. It's like, hey, we need a sub. Yeah, he's got a concussion. We need to get him out of here. And then they get an extra sub. So I don't know. I don't know the details of it. But I, I, I see loopholes in the rule that can work to the club's or to team's advantages. Um, I don't know. To, I guess to effectively answer your question, I'm not sure. Got to be a real POS to pull that off, though. But you like, know, what I'm, but how do you prove it? You know, I agree with you. That's kind of why I asked the question. You get a flashlight like, to the eyes and stuff like that. Ooh. Have him walk the line. Yeah, he ain't good. Nah, he's not so doing it. We gotta. This might be a, a part of it. If a team uses a concussion substitution, the opposing team will then receive an additional sub. The hope is oh, that these rules will take. Is this prem as well? This is MLS. Will at least take some of the conflict out of the decision by allowing for a substitution to take place without negatively impacting the number of subs a team has. But the other team gets an extra sub. Yeah, you're pretty much just going to send your center background headbutt people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd, it's good to to know that. I guess that there's a. It's been thought of. Yeah, right. they're thinking of that. That does not solve it, but I do think it's like right. right. They're addressing the, the dangers it. of playing it. with the concussion far outweigh sure, 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 sure. cheating at soccer. Like sure. let's just throw that out there. I just want to throw this out there that uh, Taylor Twelman, uh, his soccer career ended at the age of thirty because of a series of concussions. So that explains all of his commentary on ESPN. And, and yeah, but, saying Taylor Twelman will not hesitate to tell you about it either. Right. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, Steve. Just, All right, Steve has one beer, hates Taylor Twelman. <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Let's uh, mute Steve, hashtag censor Steve. It's an important um, topic to bring up, especially as science reveals more that that concussions have lasting effects. I mean, Alan Shear, they've done like a documentary on, on other players and like Alan Shear has been like the head of the documentary on that. Right. And it's really insightful, but... Here's a question. If I tear my hamstring, can I be subbed? If subs are maxed out. Nope. No, if subs are are not maxed out, no. Your team is down a player. I feel like that's easier to fake, though, like a limp. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) oh, yep, he's rolled his ankle. No, they just want to sub. I'm just trying to think, like, is that fair? Like, why do you have to play a man down with a head injury opposed to, like, a serious leg injury? Well, like a lamps, if you pull your hamstring, I don't think there's going to have lasting detriment. Like, like people, they're uncovering that people are dying from, like, head-related. CTE. Right. right. Things like that. Pulling your hamstring is something I think every footballer probably does at some point in their life. So, yeah, I I think it's apples and oranges, basically, what I'm saying with your argument. Yeah, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, so, real quick, are we following the MLS this year, guys? Like, are we gonna are we gonna cover the MLS? Because that's a whole another level. Like, I feel like we should. Right. The people want to hear it. The people. 
Comment below if you want us to cover the MLS. Yeah. Let, let the people tell us. <laughs> let the yeah. people tell us. <laughs> That's a... If you, have a, if you have an interest, if you have a thirst for the MLS, we will try our best to quench it. But if you uh, couldn't care less... TTYL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is that? That starts, like, what, next weekend? Yeah. April? Some... Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's... Keep forgetting that the MLS has a wonky schedule. Yeah, definitely aligns with uh, national football tournaments. Like, like yeah. you just throw that out there. Yeah. Like, why would you base your season around the same time the World Cup goes on? I think I think when they first did it, when they first brought about the MLS, they had to do that to to be able to share because so many teams were sharing stadiums and venues with like other professional sports teams, mainly football. They had to figure out a way to cram it in, and this time frame of the calendar year was the best way to do it. But I think we've grown past that point now where so many TV states, rights. perhaps, but I think we've grown past that point so much that, that so many of these teams are well-established and have their own venues now that we don't have to abide by that calendar anymore. We can abide by the world football calendar. Surely we can now, but yeah, I what, what do I that. know? No, that makes sense. I think the other cool thing to watch as well as uh, the MLS pre-COVID was recording higher attendance on average than pretty much everything but football. And a really? lot of that came down, yeah, a lot of that came down to the fact that baseball and basketball have so many games mm-hmm. that it your average eventually thins out a little bit. Sure, but like sure. they were packing stadiums. I mean, Atlanta games were were jam packed. Uh, LAFC and um, the other big clubs were all LA Galaxy, should I say? Uh, we're all filling the filling their stadiums. That's pretty exciting to see too. But is this again, uh, the inaugural season? What's the latest expansion team? Austin, Matthew Miami, McConaughey, Nash, Nashville as well. Yeah, yeah. Or did Nashville play there? I think Nashville played last season, and Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Like they're finally moving into a new stadium, but I think that they've been playing for two or three seasons now. There's so well. many teams so. that get added to the MLS now. Like, I don't know. Two, two, three. I mean, we've. I think the league's now gotten to twenty-four teams. Yeah. And it's just like, where do we, where do we draw the line? Where do we get pro rel into this conversation? Like, when does right. this happen? Right. We I think it's it. even up to like twenty-eight. See it. I think. I think. Is it? No way. Uh, four, eight. Uh, maybe actually, there's two conferences. 24, 27. Odd number. There's 27 guaranteed MLS teams. In the, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. That is unreal. That's, so, that's like that's what I'm saying. 27? Where do we draw the line at? Yeah. That's so high. Like England lower levels, like it's still in the football league setup, but like to, perhaps like I think like League One, League Two, they have like 24, 22 teams. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said there though, because most European leagues go what 38 games in a season? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just follow that? Like every like Spain, Italy, and England are all doing it. Hop on board. Like, why do I you don't. need like an Eastern Conference, Western Conference? Because we're America and we gotta put playoffs into like the playoff system of the MLS is so yep. not appealing either. Yeah. I'm a big Miami guy this year. Is that I was just gonna say, should we as a as a collective podcast, should we pick a team? Mm. And that's how we'll cover the MLS. Straight up, we should probably pick a team that's cheap enough to travel to. Yeah, I mean, frankly, <laughs> we're closest to the New York Red Bulls, so at least two of us. <laughs> so. Yeah. so let's go for Philly. Let's be a Philly. <laughs> right. We're Philly guys. Philly's a good like nine. 
good niner away. I did. I did try yeah. out for Philly. Obviously, didn't make it. Whoa! So, yeah, Cr- crushing it. Yeah. Say what's up to Maurice. I do. Yeah, that was the uh, last shot at glory. <laughs> um, you saying there's still hope. I think yeah. the. I mean, this. I think this might be a little bit. We sink our teeth into this in a different, a different episode. But I think pro rel is is something that will eventually happen at some point. But I do, th- I do think that MLS teams are. Although the league's been around since for the you know 25, 26, maybe twenty seven years, something like that, mm-hmm. that the teams are still too much in their infancy to be able to survive getting relegated. I think if a team was to be relegated, that the financial burden of of not having that inflow of of TV rights, you would never see that team back ever again. Well, it it's because the clubs don't have the power; the league has the power. Right. It, it is structured different. Like the league has like the whole sponsorship with Adidas and every kit, every kit of the MLS is Adidas. I mean, there's a lot of power that Don Garber and, and the MLS have over the, over the teams. Right. But, and when you get into that though, you end up in a place where you can't survive without the league when you're in the league. Right. Yeah. Like you're so dependent upon it. Like if yeah. FC Toronto were to fall, get relegated, you, you basically lose all the league's privileges instead of having the club be what's driving it and that's you know again we do things very very differently over here in in america but i i think it is because we were starting a league out and this was the safest way that we had established at the time to do so was have the league have the power have it structured this way but i think yeah i think we are reaching a point where this can be reevaluated, and we can start mirroring mirroring more what other leagues are doing around the world. I think it's because you got the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, and the NLS. Sure. Sure. So like you're not NHL as well. Because then everyone else gonna want to gonna want to stray away from it. I you know what I will say is I'd at least like to see there be some sort of like feeder system that has some competitiveness to it, whether it be like uh, baseball does with their farm system where players are being developed and brought up and then all of a sudden you're, you're celebrating the, the developmental side of teams. So even if you don't have a relegation with 28 teams, you know, uh, the, the Red Bulls, for instance, have an academy that's establishing this many players. It's making them dominant. You'll see a couple years of, um, you know, dominance because of those, those players coming up and you'll see how that works. But I just don't think you have the infrastructure below the MLS, even the NASL, to really help structure a promotion relegation. NASL is like not even a thing, almost. Right. Yeah. But that's it's all. It's all that's what happens so much. Yeah. That's the danger. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I, I I could I I would I could talk for a long time about like the structure of of how the whole yeah, we should set up. Is we set should up. get into that in the off season, right? Like yeah. we're gonna have a couple of weeks between Euros and the prem that we're going to need to fill some voids because the MLS just won't give us any content. Um, <laughs> shots Juan, fired. Enzo Zidane is supposed to be playing for Inter Milan or Inter Milan, Inter Miami. <laughs> so you can't even say it. Wait, yeah. is, that, is, that a, is that a thing? That's a, it was a report. I saw that. Yeah. He's supposed to be playing or at least on trial with Inter Miami. Wow. His career is really falling off. But Tweedy off. plays yeah. for them. Matuidi is also like 30 what five something like that okay it's the mls it's like being 20 in europe i suppose but enzo is like enzo's like 28 yeah and like was playing at real madrid for a bit and was playing like alaves for a second but they also got higuain 
Miami's stacked. <laughs> yeah, Phil Neville. <laughs> yeah, Phil Neville's really bringing the players in. Half their players don't have pictures yet, which is a sign of something. But uh, they're starting 11's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's oh, all you They have need. a number zero who plays at center back. So that's a good sign. Uh, oh, no geez. swag. No swag if you wear yeah. a zero. Yeah. <laughs> no longer a Miami fan. They're gone. Dead to me. So anyway, uh, if that's if if you're tuning in for your MLS uh, insights, keep it here. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it. If anything happens, I guess I guess we'll bring it to you. Yeah, we'll but, bring uh, you the highlights. Yeah, you know, three weeks later, we'll, All three we'll do of it. them. It'll be good, but only yeah. if you comment below. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's only only if the people want it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's that's move on to cute. from trash leagues to trash takes. Uh, Premier League <laughs> got a bunch coming up. Uh, between Friday, April 9th, and Monday the 12th. What are you guys looking at? What do you guys think Monday stands out to you? Mm. I want to see West Brom get another result, but that would be at home against Southampton. I don't think that necessarily qualifies as a hashtag, but uh, I think Big Sam can get another one there, especially riding off the back of a win at Chelsea. Back in Big Sam. Yep. That's not my trash take, though. Uh, Tottenham plays Manchester United on the 11th. <laughs> West Ham versus Leicester. That would be an interesting one. Yeah. Hmm. City versus Just Leicester. killing yourself over here, Steve. <laughs> I'm trying to give, uh, in case they don't have the fixtures in front of them, just kind of naming some off so they get a flavor of what's, co- what's coming up. A little um, bit of a teaser. Just yeah, a little bit of a little bit a little of teaser. Something. Slide something in there. Something yeah. to nibble on. Um, the tip. <laughs> Man City versus Leeds. Oh, Leeds four. Man City nil. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the fixtures that I'm looking at, I'm I, I would probably I would probably back Leeds of everyone else to do something. I don't think it'll happen. Like no. Aston Villa early in the se- earlier in the season when they were like in form, sure, against Liverpool. But I don't know. It'd be interesting if uh, Liverpool actually tank it against Real Madrid coming up <laughs> and then uh, go into this game in like, you know, not so great morale. Yeah. Villa can take advantage of that. That'd be interesting. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. I don't think that's going to go in Palace's way. I think Chelsea should come away with that one. Oh. I was going to say that that's, uh, I think that might be my trash take. I think Crystal Palace will tie Chelsea. Okay. 1 1. Okay. Tommy Two Chains, the honeymoon period is over. I don't know <laughs> how well the Champions League is going to go for them. I think they've got a pretty decent draw. I think they'll be okay there, but I think the Premier League honeymoon is over. Questions will start to be asked who he's playing, what he's doing, are they going to get back into Europe? Chelsea are going to draw. Mm. You think yeah. they're going to crack? Two yep. cracked. Yep. Two chains is cracking. He'll be down to one chain. You heard it here. I was going to go Burnley over Newcastle, but Burnley's favored. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not taking that. That's not Sheffield, a Sheffield versus Arsenal as well. I yeah. don't touch it. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't want to go with Leeds because it just seems like City will just. I'll go because Steve's taking two and a half years. Um, okay. All right. Fair play. I'm going to go. I'll be that guy. Um, Jose Mourinho is going to save his job and it'll be the last win of Tottenham season. I think Tottenham are going to beat Manchester United. Um, 
My gut Ooh. tells me that Jose Mourinho is going to take that game way too seriously. Hmm. And Solskjaer is just like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm still coach. <laughs> I think United are going to, are having some keeper issues. I think they're vulnerable. And I think Tottenham, you know, what, what just happened against Newcastle should motivate their players to at least try to do something. So that's my my trash take is is Tottenham pulling over Man United three points. Okay, I've got it here, but my trash take has a contingency. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> lawyer <laughs> Steve, notes. lawyer Steve. If if City if City loses midweek in the Champions League, mm-hmm. I take Leeds to beat City. Okay. If City wins midweek in the Champions League, I take Sheffield United to draw Arsenal. Ooh. That's a lot to follow. It's not that bad. I'll, I'll, keep, like, up. Text I'll keep up with it. I'll keep yeah. up with it. Midweek, I need the text before the odds change. Sure, sure, as well. sure, sure, sure. That would be great. Um, but if this if this lands, <laughs> this is the answer. Right. <laughs> this is the way. Right. <laughs> I will throw in there because we're an inclusive podcast that the the fourth trash take in lieu of it being El Clasico is Real Madrid are going to be barcelona this weekend yeah i would yeah i would say that as well that's that's uh an upset i'm i'm pretty sure the, the odds are forever in your favor and uh, atletico madrid, madrid to lose just to make it that oh, much oh, more interesting. we're just going for yeah, it just we're just going for, for it throw. Just, just doing it for the neutrals <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'm here for it let's make it spicy let's go yeah all right all right ben so recap us and take us away as you do with your beautiful voice. Um, so I'd just like to first off thank Steve for complicating the trash takes as always. <laughs> um, I was taking Tottenham over Man United. Is that not why you brought me on? No, I brought <laughs> you here to say very complacent things that we can just rip on. <laughs> we have a whopping draw between Crystal Palace and Chelsea, and Steve basically said, if that, then this. Give us a logic equation. And <laughs> I don't remember what he said now. Basically, possibly Sheffield to draw Arsenal but also kind of sort of if Man City lose in Europe, Man City to lose uh, in the domestic league against Leeds this weekend. You got it. Um, that being said, just just pick one. So we're going to say <laughs> <laughs> he took Leeds over Man City, and then Man United will bottle it the next day against Tottenham, and the season will be over. Um, so, guys, let me just – it's that time where I kind of lay your head down. Yeah, your, your girl doesn't know you're listening to us, but it's okay. <laughs> We're here for you. It's late and you're thirsty. Just have a little sip of that water real quick. Or another high life. If you need to go to the bathroom real quick, we'll wait. All right. Now, when you wake up, you tell everyone about Swift Kicks Podcast. Love you. with